Okay, and welcome back to the history of China. As always, remember to go check out the website dormroomhistory.com slash thehistoryofchina to see all the maps, the images, and yes, links to this episode for other platforms. And also, be sure to subscribe to the show and rate it five stars if you can, because while it may not seem like a big deal to you, it really does mean a lot to me. But last week, the Han fell right on their face coming out of the gate there. Debilitating and embarrassing defeats at the hands of the reinvigorated Xiongnu were definitely not on the top of the Han Dynasty to-do list. But throw in some rebelling kings, a now-dead emperor, and a pretty questionable peace deal with the Xiongnu and Huzzah, you have the same glory as the Chicago Bears offense. As in, there's not a lot of glory. But alas, Emperor Gao is dead, and succession is now the most prominent issue for the Han Dynasty right now. So, without further ado, The History of China, Episode 27, The Empress Liu Horror Show. From the death of Emperor Gao in 196 BC to about 150 BC, there is a bit less story left around for us to tell compared to the at times almost excruciating detail from the last 50 years. From Qin Shi Huangdi and just before him to up where we are now, a lot was going on. Big stuff, big changes. And right now, for the next 50 years, it will not contain the same large changes, though that doesn't mean we aren't going to pick it apart. War with the Xiongnu is on the horizon, though. But again, there is a lot between us and the horizon. When Emperor Gao succumbed to his wounds in 195 BC, his son Prince Ying ascended to the title of Emperor Hui of Han. Now, sharp-eared listener Sasha pointed out that there was a lot more to Emperor Gao's death than I, well, led on to last episode. Look, did he die from his wounds he got at that specific battle we discussed? Yes. Though, what I must have blanked out and forgotten in my notes is that his wounds were not actually mortal when he first got them. Emperor Gao instead simply refused treatment. Got better a day or so later after having his wounds, and uh, ha see, I'm fine. And then an infection most likely took hold, but by then it was too late. Emperor Gao soon died. So, a little tidbit, he probably made some decisions that expedited the end for him. Regardless, he was dead and his second son was now Emperor Hui of Han. Now, Emperor Hui of Han was only about 15 years old or so when he ascended to the role of emperor in 195 BC. A 15-year-old, let's be honest, was probably not what the currently struggling Han dynasty needed, just as a 15-year-old today is hardly trusted to get behind the wheel of a car let alone get into the driver's seat of a massive empire. With that information, enter the Empress Dowager. See, aren't we glad we did that society episode? Anyway, not more than a second after Prince Ying became Emperor Hui, his mother, 
who was the widow of the now late Emperor Gao, thus now Empress Dowager, essentially made her move and became the de facto head of state by being the regent ruler. But wait, I said second son. What happened to the first? Well, if you think the Roman stories of an Agrippina and her son Nero or Olivia and her son Tiberius were extreme, just you buckle up. We know very well by now that Chinese emperors in this time were not very good monogamists. Thus, by extension, they would of course end up having children with many different women. Thus, yes, many different sons. Henry VIII would be very jealous. We know that Emperor Hui, the son of the actual empress, became emperor. We know that much. And that's how the second son became king, because he was the son of the actual empress that puts him as number one. Though Emperor Hui was, from what we can tell, not the favorite son. And to make it more confusing, the favorite was not actually the firstborn. Instead, the favorite son of the now-deceased Emperor Gao was a slightly younger boy he had with his favorite concubine, who was named Consort Qi. So the Empress, Empress Dowager Liu, within about eight seconds of grabbing de facto power, wanted to see to it that Emperor Hui's half-brother, that favorite son, and that favorite concubine, his mom, were um, liquidated to stop any potential power dispute. Or maybe it was jealousy. Or maybe a bit of column A and a bit of column B. Here's the catch, though. Emperor Hui actually liked his 14-year-old half-brother, that alleged favorite son. The two would hang out and they would stay together, which made assassinating the favored son hard because, one, it would traumatize and rattle the young emperor if his half-brother of whom he liked was brutally killed in front of him, and two, it could actually just end up hurting the emperor by accident, thus would make killing this favored son to stop a power struggle pointless, because, like, yeah, you accidentally killed the emperor you were trying to protect. Advisors and those aware of the Empress Dowager Liu's plans constantly advised against it, and they tried to dissuade her, tried to talk her out of it, saying, look, your son's already emperor. We don't have to go any further than this. Though one fateful day in 195 BC saw Empress Dowager Liu get her shot. The favorite son was invited to hunt by Emperor Hui, Though, as he was a 14-year-old, staying in bed seemed a normal decision. He elected to not join his brother on an early hunt. Once alone, assassins snuck in and forced poison wine down the teenager's throat, killing him almost instantly. One down. As for the favorite concubine, who was the mother of the now-dead favorite son, well... She was not given poisoned wine, something she maybe would have preferred, though, in retrospect. If you can't handle gory details, be warned. Gory details are coming. So Consort Chi was snatched, this favorite concubine, then had her eyes gouged out. 
But wait, there's more. After having her eyes gouged out, Empress Dowager Liu saw to it that Consort Qi's ears were made deaf through a torture method. But wait, there's still more. The concubine was then drugged to keep from going into shock or resisting because, well, the Empress Dowager saw to it that Consort Qi's arms and legs were all cut off. But wait, there's still more. The horribly mutilated and tortured consort was then fed food and given water to be kept alive, was then thrown into a latrine, and had a sign put on her that said Renju, which means human swine. The concubine didn't end up surviving that much longer, but that was probably for the best. Both targets were officially liquidated. When Emperor Gao returned to the palace and realized the full horror of what unfolded in his absence, he was essentially broken. He was alleged to have been made ill by the whole ordeal and even at times remarked that he was not fit to rule because he was the son of such a monster. Which, after hearing what we just heard, you can see where he's coming from. Eventually... Emperor Hui would begin to drink a little bit more and began to distance himself from governing to a small degree. However, he did go out of his way to protect his other siblings and half-siblings, who at times did themselves fall into the scope of the now clearly demented and paranoid Empress Dowager Lu. He was more or less able to keep them all alive at one point even snatching poisoned wine out of their hands only to threaten to drink it himself at parties hosted by his bloodthirsty mother. Yeah, Empress Dowager Lu was quite the character. Emperor Hui did not end up reigning all that long. However, his reign was actually regarded as pretty good in the grand scheme of things, you have a hell-bent mother, and you're a little young, but he was from all reports a kind and caring person, who with all that compassion finally put an end to the still-existing Qin policy of burning books and burning scholars. So with that, Emperor Hui played a sizable role in entrenching Confucianism even deeper into the Han structure. Look, he was probably not someone who would have won the position he had as emperor had this been a true meritocracy. And at times he seemed almost too weak to deal with tough issues, such as when a woman named Lu Ho and her clan rebelled. He was almost too nice, too gentle, but alas, eventually the rebellion that challenged his rule was indeed put down for good. But before he died early, there was one last controversy that historians, well, still don't fully agree on or even understand. Essentially, it's not really known if the gentle Emperor Hui had any children with the now Empress, Empress Zhang. It is alleged that at the evil Grand Empress Dowager's persistence, Emperor Hui's wife rounded up his sons that he had had with concubines, executed their mothers, 
and claimed the children as her own. Grand Empress Liu was not one to play around with. But if the kids weren't actually hers, therefore they weren't actually the Empress's children, that would cause some problems if Emperor Hui died. Because someone would question if they're even the rightful rulers. And yes, in 188 BC, just seven years into his reign, and no older than 23, Emperor Hui died of a mysterious illness. Now, there is no sort of conspiracy theory that he was killed. It seems that disease is a very common way for people to die, especially in ancient times. And with his death, his oldest son with Empress Zhang then ascended to the throne as emperor, being titled Emperor Qian Shao. Hey, wait, though. But that might not have been his actual son with his empress. And that will clearly cause some issues, right? Well, it did. And all we know about this emperor, Emperor Qian Shao, is essentially as follows. He ascends to the throne in 188 BC. He is himself too young to rule fully. I mean, his father was already still too young, so he was much too young. So, by the social totem pole, lo and behold, Grand Empress Dowager Liu continues to run the show as a regent ruler. Her husband had been Emperor Gao, sure, but she had essentially ruled over his son and the new emperor, Emperor Hui, and then when Emperor Hui died, Grand Empress Liu just continued to do the thing she was doing already, which is ruling entirely. But at some point in 184 BC, just four years into his quote-unquote reign, Emperor Qian Shao allegedly found out that he was not actually the son of the new Empress Dowager. Remember, the evil one is now Grand Empress Dowager. Remember how that whole system works? Okay, so I will preface that this story is not confirmed as true. But for the sake of a continuous narrative, Eric Andreessen's The History of China will stick by the following story of some ancient historians. Essentially, upon finding out that his real mother was actually brutally murdered, Emperor Qian Shao made the decision to openly proclaim his intent to seek revenge against those who had done this to his mother once he came of age to rule fully. He may be emperor-in-waiting, sure, but it seems he forgot who he was dealing with. He was, after all, dealing with the Grand Empress Dowager Lu, who had killed, mutilated, and tortured troves of people for her own purposes. And these were royals, by the way. These were not just random people. And fun fact, it was the Grand Empress Dowager Liu who insisted her husband, Emperor Gao, fight Yu Bing himself in the first place. So, with that, some even say she was behind his death. But that much is a bridge too far. And we here at the podcast do not stand by that claim. So, the wicked and endlessly devious Grand Empress Dowager heard this, that Emperor Qian Shao was going to, you know, kill her, had the now angry emperor secretly imprisoned within the palace, 
and then locked the door behind him, turned to the public and said, essentially, Oh no, it seems the emperor is ill. Let's all hope he gets better. And it wasn't just the public. High-up government officials bought this and even bought her claim that Emperor Qian Chao was now suffering psychotic episodes. I mean, it's truly Machiavellian, you know, Lady Macbeth stuff here. So when she came to the officials with the idea to dispose and replace this clearly incapable emperor, they agreed. And it's not like he could protect himself because, well, if he said anything a little off the cuff, it would just be brushed aside as him having another psychotic episode. Of course, he was completely fine. He just picked the wrong person to threaten. And in June 184 BC, Emperor Qian Shao was deposed and executed. Now, due to the fact that Emperor Qian Shao never really held the powers of emperor and was sort of subservient to the regent rule, many of those historians don't even count Emperor Qian Shao as an emperor. In their official lists, he's not included in many of them. Though, he ruled for four years as a crown prince, sort of, and that's good enough for me. So, safe to say the Han Dynasty post-Emperor Gao is really not off to a good start. I mean, the problems just keep adding up. An unpredictable character, the Grand Empress Dowager Lu, had the next of these quote-unquote fake sons put to power. Again, this one was also too young, so she continued to be the full regent ruler of the Han Dynasty. And this new emperor was Emperor Hou Shao of Han. And he, too, would never obtain the full power of emperor. Ever. The Grand Empress Dowager had essentially ruled through her son as the regent, his first son, fake or not, and then his other son, fake or not. But all good things must come to an end, though. And in the fall of 180 BC, after years and years of ruling through her young relatives, through, well, let's be honest, bloody terror, Grand Empress Dowager Lu died from an illness. Wow. Look, if you thought the last couple minutes were a roller coaster, so did I. When I first started researching this character in our story, I didn't expect much and thought we would get into a few years into the future from now pretty quickly. But alas, as you can tell, there was a lot to cover. Up there with Qing Shi Huangdi and Sun Tzu, real or not himself, Empress Liu has been one of the most fascinating characters we have covered up to now. She was bloodthirsty, she was maniacal, and she almost seems out of the greatest of plays. She truly is a real Lady Macbeth. But when she died, her Liu family, well, they were not long for this world. And yes, that includes the child emperor she was ruling through when she died. After just 20 years of absolute shenanigans in the emperor department, two government officials named Chen Ping and Zhou Bo 
said enough was enough. And can we really blame them? The alleged sitting emperor was a child who had never wielded any power of any sort after living under the empress's yoke. And he may not have even been the rightful ruler. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons to get rid of him. So these officials believed that the best way to get the dynasty back on track was to purge the Liu clan entirely. Enough was indeed enough. After some back and forth, the two officials and their cadre triggered a conspiracy against the entire Liu clan. The conspiracy caught the clan totally off guard, and they were promptly slaughtered. I mean, up and down, they were all liquidated. All of the conspirators after this then met up and said, well, none of these kids were Emperor Hui's real kids. But if they grew up thinking that they really were, they would obviously seek revenge for the slaughter of the Liu clan they would believe that they were members of, whether those kids were or not. That doesn't matter. If they think they are, they're obviously going to seek some retribution. So it was decided that the best way to avoid any blowback was to just replace this puppet emperor Hou Xiao. He never had any power. And in all honesty, he was a complete liability. After some back and forth, the conspirators agreed that Emperor Hou Xiao's uncle would replace him as emperor. So, the uncle, named Prince Liu Hung of Dai, was called to Xian, the capital, and upon arrival was declared emperor. Boom, just like that. Yeah, things moved fast. Hou Xiao, now officially deposed, was actually initially spared from death by a conspirator who was his cousin. Just had him, you know, holed up at some military base, but he didn't want to kill him. But of course, he was eventually put to death later that year, when people found out he was still alive. Emperor Hou Xiao never really ruled at all. He was a child. And unlike his brother, or half-brother, or who knows, he is omitted from all official Han Dynasty emperor lists. He is not viewed as the emperor at all. And now, whether that's because the next emperor was technically a usurper, no one really knows. Because the next emperor would rule for a much longer time. So Emperor Qian Xiao, you know, some considered him an emperor because he was technically one, but others didn't because he never held any power. But because of Emperor Hou Xiao's position in the timeline, and the fact that he was even younger, he is completely omitted. But in 180 BC, Prince Liu Hung became Emperor Wen of Han. Since 202 BC to now, 180 BC, there have been extensively three or four rulers. Though yes... All but Emperor Gao himself were controlled by the Empress Dowager Liu. Twenty-two years, four rulers, give or take, depending on who you count. Emperor Wen was going to rule himself longer than all of them combined. He's going to rule longer than 22 years. He's going to be here a while, and he's going to make his mark. Raiding barbarians and rebelling kings are still popping off. 
But it seems now that with a steady emperor, that those issues might actually have a chance to be dealt with. Next week, the Han Dynasty might actually see some real stability. Stability that would allow the Han Dynasty to be able to grow into one of the greatest ancient empires ever. Full stop, period. And now, before I let you go, I think it's been obvious that I've been quite behind on producing as much as I want. I'm extremely busy, but I love this show and I love all of you who listen. So be sure to give that show five stars and to go comment and send me emails. I love talking to you guys. You guys are the best. If you want to discuss ancient China, great. Or if you want to discuss the Bears trading for Deshaun Watson, maybe, equally as great. I love a lot of things, and I love talking to all of you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you all next time on the History of China. China.